if we talk about metaverse, then of course, one of the ideas is that NFTs guarantee the possession of digital assets in your metaverse. Niantic announced that they want to launch their own social networking service. And this basically means if you scan a location, it not just tells you where you are and what's around you, but also on top of that, give you like another layer of user-generated experiences because like the real world experience is lame. Dick Dorsey steps down from the board of Twitter and I thought that's interesting to bring it today because Twitter is really at this gap. And the question is, what are these people researching? And the idea is when we go into metaverse or virtual reality, it's all about immersion, yeah? You see things and you hear things. But now we start also smelling things or touch things. <laughs> Welcome to Tech Review, episode 26. Here on stage, uh, I have with me on chair number two, <laughs> this is Vincent. <laughs> on chair number three, this is Henrique. On chair number four, this is Chris. And the, here on, I call this chair number one, I'm Tarek. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> This edition of the Tech Review is very special because we are here on uh, TechCon 2022, live on stage, and it's also the first time, I think in three years, that we have the Tech Review in person, <laughs> like seeing each other in person, not on a camera, so it's very scary to see these people around me. It's so weird to like having to move around yeah. instead of having your faces yeah. in front of me the whole you time. You can't do emailing in between and stuff. It's really, it's really hard. <laughs> so for once, we have to be very careful uh, how to act. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, as always, uh, if you like what you see here and uh, is discussed here, feel free to visit us on uh, one of our many social media platforms uh, like uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on our public Spotify list. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's jump right in. Uh, one quick question to the dashboard, um, the the screen behind us. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time that not everything is here on my computer. <laughs> okay. Let's start with the news. Uh, first article today comes from Chris. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so then, indeed, that's the first article. I brought an article which actually uh, doubts that uh, true ownership of digital um, possession can be guaranteed in the metaverse based on NFTs. And um, this is a very uh, important thing, I thought, since um, if we talk about metaverse, then of course, one of the ideas and, and the basic uh, columns and pillars of the construction of such a metaverse is that NFTs guarantee the possession of digital assets in your metaverse. And if that would not be the case, then it would not be a sustainable thing. So I thought that might be quite interesting actually discussing this article here in our little format in the Tech Review. So what's the article about? Um, the crypto community actually claims that um, digital possession can be guaranteed by um, interoperability and, of course, by decentralization being based on NFTs. Um, this is, first of all, more or less true. 
but not always, since possession actually in um, the real world is something different than possession in the digital world, in the virtual world, right? So if you, let's say, if you take part, uh, if you enter some kind of metaverse, there are many metaverses out there, we have like uh, heard a lot about that today in, in many talks. <clears throat> so. You enter one of these metaverses and then you buy something there. What usually happens when this metaverse is blockchain-based, then um, you, you pay for that with some kind of cryptocurrency and uh, the possession actually is being um, written in this blockchain. You get an NFT for that, kind of a certificate, which actually shows and certifies that you are the owner of a certain asset which is linked in the NFT. So, so far, so good. That works quite well. Um, and in that sense, uh, the cryptocurrency is true. So the NFT and the blockchain entry, everything is decentralized. So that's quite cool so far. But when actually you have entered the metaverse, there was some kind of contract you have more or less signed, right? So that's the TNCs of the platform. And um, the TNCs usually they are not decentralized. That's a very central thing. And in reality, that means if you actually are in this metaverse and you have bought something and you have the NFT, then um, as said, the NFT is decentralized, but the asset is itself, which is usually linked um, in the NFTs and which is usually hosted uh, on a, in this case, on a private server of the platform, this is not centralized. And now, this is not a problem at all, not in normal cases, not in usual cases, but think of the more unusual cases. Let's say um, you were a bad guy in the platform and you did something which was against their rules and now you are banned, you are locked out of the platform. Not cool. So that means you're standing in front of their doors, your asset is still in there, you are out. Um, Decentralized-wise, you still have the NFT, you still have, so to say, the <coughs> asset, but the asset as such is not um, available for you any longer. And now mm. think that even a little bit further. They are really angry with you, and they say, okay, you are banned from our platform, you are out, and by the way, we have um, deleted all your assets. And you have bought something before, let's say uh, a little piece of art, digital art, 200,000 euros or dollars, and that's gone. So then I think... Um, you would be a little bit sad about that. And of course you can say, yeah, that's not a realistic case. And I agree, it's not really realistic. Usually this does not happen and it would not be wise because it would not be a nice uh, promotion also for the, for the Metaverse platform. But, and now we are coming to the point, legally it would be correct. And this is the point I actually would like to, to make here today, that if something like that, something like Possession of digital assets being based on NFTs written in the blockchain, which is a very important pillar of the um, architecture of a metaverse, of a future metaverse, if that um, in some aspects might not be sustainable, just in the way I described it, then this aspect has to be rethought, I think. And the whole scenario actually shows that the road to metaverse is not only paved by technology, right? In this case, in this specific case, it means that technology actually makes the possession 
as an NFT in the blockchain possible, technologically-wise. But there is a second aspect, which is the legal aspect, coming from the real world. So since possession, as said, in the real world is not the same as in the virtual world. So something which possession means in the real world should be transferred also to the virtual world, not just technologically-wise, but also legally-wise. Right. So this is an aspect we have to adapt here. And this is where I think, this is why I brought this article, we have to rethink um, all the aspects which are being taken from the real world and being transferred into the virtual world, we have to rethink all these aspects in, in, in all their um, uh, uh, expressions, so to say, to really make um, things like the NFTs and the possession thing work in the virtual world. And last sentence uh, to that, since the metaverse or the vision of the metaverse, as we have it discussed today, like on various presentations, goes really far. Let's say within the next 10 years, it will touch more or less every aspect of our lives. And we have just had an example here with this legal aspect. And the point that I want to make is, if it touches every aspect of our life, which we take from the real world into the virtual world, we also have to rethink every aspect of our lives which we want to take into this virtual world, into the metaverse, like we have to rethink this legal aspect from the real world into the virtual world so that it will be working in the end. Because if it does not work, the whole metaverse idea, the whole metaverse vision will not work. And this, I think, is still a long road to go. But the good, the good message is, the good news is, we are on the way. If I could argue against that. <laughs> no, of course, this is a very, very important point um, that we have to address in terms of uh, possession is not absolute in the metaverse or in the blockchain. Um, but uh, as, as you just said, um, it's some kind of transference from the real world into the into this virtual world and one could argue that this is very realistic because in the real life something like absolute possession does not exist. If I buy something and the police comes in and claims it because it is used in a crime or something then they repossess my, my possession, right? And uh, in this direction you could argue that um, the, the blockchain and the NFTs do not work as perfectly and beautiful as advertised, but it is kind of realistic that you can lose your possession even though you do not agree to this on the blockchain. I have to, I, I disagree with, with that, <laughs> but I also have a question because I maybe did not get it right and then in that case I would agree with you. Um, which is that, so in my understanding, blockchain or a uh, metaverse built on blockchain writes ownership into the blockchain which is close to unchangeable. So in my understanding, even though the platform takes my goods, which would be very realistic looking at that, um, even more, yeah, okay. Um, if that actually happens, I mean, ownership is still in blockchain. Uh, so to me, the last sentence you said about the article, that it was correct. Um, could you maybe explain why this would be correct, because in my understanding, again, ownership would still be written into the blockchain, and therefore, say a metaverse is deleting my ownership taken away from me, or the, the, the goods, not the ownership, the goods, the ownership still with you. should still exist. And Just you can't, you can't reach it anymore. That's yeah. It does, but, yeah. but there's no asset yeah. behind it any longer. There's no functionality, there's no financial value any longer. So 
But this question then is a, qu a very fundamental question of how do we understand the position of the blockchain? Because if that My is point. the case, right, we would just disagree with the whole concept that we as the group, we as the people, give ownership through the proof protocol in the blockchain. Yeah. Um. I can I can use a, a word that I used before today. It's it's a socio-technological issue. <laughs> I used this one in a, in a different talk. I'm very proud of this. <laughs> no, it, learn something. It, it contains uh, the, the technological part of the mm. blockchain and the immutability of, of these assets that we uh, store there, or the ownership of the uh, of these things, but also the sociological thing where we as a society um, define our laws and things like ownership. And so, um, of course, we have to, if, if we move in this direction and use assets in the metaverse like real, real assets, then we need to have things like property-owning contracts, uh, which have the same validity as in, in the real world. Then, of course, we, we have to move towards this. And then it's not a question of like police enforcement or something like that, claiming properties which have been stolen. Yeah, yeah also, two points to that. So first of all, regarding the police enforcement, I mean, there is no absolute thing in the world anyways, right? So of course, there's also no absolute possession. Uh, I mean, the example you gave, yeah, this is true for the real world, but there at least there is some kind of um, uh, legal institution, so to say, which for whatever reason took away your possession because you have done something criminal, whatever. <laughs> um, but in this case, um, it's different, right? It's a private organization. It's like a metaverse platform which, which runs this platform. And then they have just taken away, for whatever reason, your possession. So a private institution. And that's, that's a different thing, I think. And um, the second aspect, which you mentioned, um, um, the, the belief in the blockchain that we either accept that this is right. tr true Sorry, ownership yeah, yeah. or not. No, I was so fascinated with my uh, first point that I forgot, <laughs> what I forgot about the second. Yeah. No, um, exactly. The, the, the blockchain is such and, and all the um, approaches we see there. The thing with the metaverse in general is that something big is, is coming our way, right? And in that sense, it's terra, it's terra incognita, right? So lots of things coming our way have not been done before. The metaverse is totally new. So this is what I meant beforehand. Since it will touch all the aspects of our lives, we have to rethink many of those aspects, like the one with the possession, but also other aspects. I mean, whatever will be possible in the metaverse, any kind of uh, content creation and some kind of uh, commercial cycles with supply and demand chains, interoperability, uh, tracking, for instance. So in the metaverse, tracking will be possible of such um, kind, of such volume, which is not thinkable at the moment in Web 2.0 uh, environments, right? So there is no laws for that, no, no rules. So if, if somebody actually would just start um, a... Uh, a, a, a tracking without limits, they would be able to identify all your moves, everything you do in the metaverse without any restrictions. And, and that is also something which is ethically, ethically not correct, which definitely has to, be, um, has, to be, has to be taken by rules, and they are not there yet. This is something which has to be defined. But then also like the rules are defined 
per metaverse. I mean, it's not just one metaverse, right? Like each of those have their own set of rules also when you they're going to ban you or when they take the pro also property very from you. Sorry? Also a very interesting question. So what is the metaverse anyway? There is no definition yet of what a metaverse is, right? So there's lots of answers, but none of them is really defined in, in the sense of a definition. Metaverse is that, that, that this does not exist yet. So lots of people have lots of ideas of what that might be. Mm. But um, yeah, you're true. There are different types of metaverses. There are VR metaverses, there's real-world metaverses with mixed reality glasses, there is like the uh, sandbox uh, or the Decentraland, like, like browser-based metaverses or app based metaverses, uh, and all of them, they are different platforms. The metaverse of the future, let's, let's start a vision, right, mm. will be probably some kind of network combining all these metaverses. And one of the, or actually two of the aspects of the characteristics of such a metaverse, of a network of metaverse platform will, that they should be interoperable, there should be an interoperability, um, so that exactly what you say. When you buy something, let's say, based on NFTs, that this is valid in the metaverse where you have bought that, but also in all the other metaverses, right? And also some kind of interchangeability and also some kind of platform agnostic access, right? So if you access one metaverse with a VR headset and you buy an NFT there, uh, let's say um, a jacket or something, as a as a, as a variable, then that should be available in other metaverses, uh, let's say uh, browser-based or mixed reality-based also, right? Mm -hmm. That should be transferable. So, and all these aspects are not cleared at the moment. It's not possible, as far as I know, to transfer NFTs um, and, and especially the assets behind that from one metaverse to the next. So, we are, as I said, we are still at the beginning and all of these aspects have to be rethought and have to be um, defined. And it's quite cool, actually, to be part of that uh, process from the beginning on. So we have uh, another opinion. Please, who, who are you? All, Give all us the, a, all the name. same, who knows? We don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know yet. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's on. It is? It is? It is? Yeah? Everyone's looking at this. Yeah. <laughs> just, just came up ah, to yeah. check uh, the mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will go down right now. Just wanted to get sure that if this mic is thank yeah, you. working. Thank, so thank you very much. So that was quite a success. Here. Yes. Good um, that you've been here. Yes, I think so. So bye. <laughs> so uh, hello, um, my name is Nilofa. It's my first day here today. I'm a program manager of the Free Tech Academy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, there are a lot of thoughts and a lot of things which uh, I, I have to go back to the point where you wanted to make clear we need rules. We need rules for the metaverse. And um, how do you want to make these rules? Because you're just telling about things we don't know yet. And um, I just imagine, you know, when children are going on the football. Uh, place and want to uh, play some football, the rules are not clear, so they go out and there are trouble, there are a lot of troubles, there's blood, <laughs> there is, they are crying, but after that, they are at that point that they need roots. 
someone is coming and making roots. But how do you think, because at another point you said we have to rethink taking things from the real world into this virtual world, because can we take the roots from the real world we have um, into this world? Why we are not knowing what's coming up, but we are doing the rules right now? Uh, uh, what, is, what is that? Can you say some points to that? Do you want to? Or anyone else? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 do you, please, uh, what, go, do you go. Want to say no, 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 please. I have an opinion on that, because I actually, again, this is something I, I know that the next article that you brought actually fits quite well into this. <laughs> but um, because I'm... The, the thing that you said, and then you were talking about that we have different um, metaverses that have different rules and how to create those rules is a good question because I think we already have the setup. Because this is why I disagree entirely with the, with the opinion of the law professor uh, from the article that you brought. I disagree with him because I think a contract is less something that we write down because looking at law, especially the German law, a lot of the articles, uh, a lot of the contracts that we make actually don't need a written form. So the, in the end, a contract or a rule is just something that we consent on um, as different parties. And this setup works everywhere. It works online, works in the metaverse, it works right here on stage. So in my opinion, um, and because the blockchain gives us the ability to actually freely decide what we consent to and what not, we don't have to, you know, are, we're, we don't have to talk to the gatekeepers in order to be part of something, just like we have in the Web2. And um, therefore, I think that we have a setup that actually defines how to make a rule quite well, because it is a contract, a legally binding contract, that we create by consenting on it. And that, to me, is the foundation for everything. Yes. Chris is absolutely right that the metaverse will, or the, the idea of metaverses and then its execution will touch so many different things in our life that maybe not everything can be regulated by a privately created contract because there are governmental functions, public functions also touched. But a lot of this stuff will happen because we consent privately through a contract, through a setup that we have existing today, through the laws that we have today. As long as they're. Excuse me, which laws? You're, because we are, the laws are located in Germany, Europe, or do we have a local. We are speaking about metaverse. Metaverse is meta. So, what is the point and what are the standards for that? Well, I mean, we already figured out how to work with different laws from different countries through the international private law. Uh, because we have private law here and there's a private law in the United States, and the, they actually have a different system, so we actually worked out quite well how to work with different systems and how to decide who has right and who does not. These are two countries, Western world. So Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving an example that we have a lot. We, we figured out how to decide on who is right when two law systems touch globally. And I think we have to make sure that this, of course, is also po possible in a digital world, in a digital existence, but the framework to build upon is there. I think yeah. we should continue, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, do, cause I think we could like discuss on that yeah. article no, for the That's last for sure. half, like the next half an hour. But right, um, right. <laughs> thank you, Nilfa. But, but uh, it, it's absolutely true, and yeah, I think a, a good comparison about this uh, would be like international waters, right? So um, uh, it, it's not clear mm. where the metaverse physically is. It's like yeah. international waters. Yeah. 
Uh, right, right. But uh, I promised before, and like we had this discussion <laughs> no, no, before no. we started. Like, okay, I will do the timekeeping and make sure we go through at least four articles. <laughs> right, right. And I failed already in the first half an hour. So <laughs> let's but, move. But it is a good seg segue because um, the the next article that I uh, bring is uh, kind of related in regards of uh, China. China um, surprisingly announced, or I think the the High Court in China announced that they are going to. <laughs> Um, move their ju judiciary system to a blockchain-based system. I'm, I'm not sure what's the right wording. Uh, until 2025, this article I found in two different Chinese publications. Uh, I always have like a like a, an eye on, on the Chinese uh, media because very very important things are happening in China. Um, but I did not find any confirmation yet in in our newspapers, and so I'm not 100% sure if this is. Um, like 100% true, but this was published, and they claim um, that 2025 is the year until in China the blockchain will be an accepted medium for storing judicial documents and like paper trails which are used by the courts in China. And this would be a big step into this direction of legitimizing blockchain as a, a public um, thing to be used and to be accepted, and this might be in, into this direction of uh, using um, assets in the blockchain, like NFTs, in a real-world scenario. And it might be that this is something which is then afterwards adopted by the rest of the world, because right now I think nobody, no public institution cares about what is happening in the blockchain, even though we techies are very proud of it, that it's uh, non-fungible and immutable and we can't uh, really um, manipulate it, but uh, the courts don't care. But yeah. was it like in oh, South Korea or somewhere that we we just had an article a couple of months ago that they have the tax uh, stuff also really? on blockchain or Might wanted to? <laughs> I'm not sure or if I'm mistaken, but I think there was at least they they said they want to go in that direction. Yeah, yeah. But it might be. I mean, South Korea, they are, they are very hip. <laughs> 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 might, might be, yeah. But it could be that I already uh, like forgot about this one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you said so many times, China, do you have our GIF at hand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we always forget to use all those. Yeah, right, but I, I don't think uh, the sound is working. So, uh, so China, 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 China. China. Uh, China, 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 China. Again and again. In the live stream, right. Not mine. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. yeah but uh, this is actually a very quite cool article because this is exactly what the guy in my article, which I brought, uh, probably means, right? So when he says, look, um, we have to rethink um, the aspects we want to put from real world into the virtual world, we have to rethink those art article, uh, those aspects also in the real world, um, like apparently China does now with um, the entries in the blockchain, rethinking it so that it works for the real world as well as for the virtual world. But um, one question to this article, is, is that meant only for real world um, entries in the blockchain or also for virtual assets? No, I think they, they are talking concretely about uh, multiple aspects linked to intellectual property, market regulation, data ownership, and trade financial institutions and other spheres. So in this case, they are talking about real-life assets which are managed in the blockchain or stored in the blockchain. It's, it's not right. regarding That's a different use case metaverse. then? Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, actually, the step to the use case which actually has been discussed in the first article mm -hmm. is not that big any longer, right? So the first step has been taken. They have rethought. 
the aspect, and now it takes only little effort to finish the rethinking, so to say, also for the assets in the virtual world in the metaverses. Okay, but I think we talked quite a lot about NFTs and virtual worlds. What about things like... <laughs> <laughs> Yantic. <laughs> well, it's augmented reality. It's like <laughs> also not entirely real world. And who owns it? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> good question. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think it's actually quite funny that I bring this article because it's a mix of augmented reality, which is like your <laughs> your specific, like focus area, and it's social network, which is your social like focus area. Um, well, you're sitting in between us. But yeah, this is like our, our bubbles kind of <laughs> overlaps now. Um, so in this article, um, it's uh, Niantic announced that they want to launch their own social networking service. I must say, because first when they published it and I read it last week, it says they want to have their own social networking app, which is not true. They just want to have it as a feature in their already existing apps, such as Pokemon Go, for instance. And for those of you who have played Pokemon Go or still playing it, um, you might know that if you want to um, meet up with people, um, you had to go via, I don't know, Discord or Reddit so far. And this is why now they want to include that into their experience. And they call it the real world metaverse, um, making use of their technology to make the people get out and meet each other. Um, it's basically um, map, uh, a map platform or map-based platform such as Snapchat. And on top of that, another feature they want to include is like meeting people, as I said, but also join communities, messenger service, um, I don't know what else, um, share locations also with friends. So you see also from other social media platforms that we know, WhatsApp, Facebook, etc., they pick like bits of pieces everywhere and put it all in there. Um, I think they already included it in the Ingress. Is it called Ingress? Like the first, one of the first uh, Niantic apps that they had? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, and they will uh, do the rollout on the Pokemon Go app quite soon. And what they also mentioned in that article is that um, they launched their Lightship virtual positioning system called VPS. And um, this basically means if you scan a location, it not just tells you where you are and what's around you, like what GPS basically does, but also on top of that, give you like another layer of user-generated experiences, because like the real world experience is lame <laughs> and not good enough, so not we enough. need like user-generated experiences <laughs> on top of that. Um, they also said to improve it, kind of, the real world. Um, based on a huge set of crowd-based data that they collected over the past years where you were using Pokemon Go and Ingress, already like taking pictures from local sites um, and put it all into like a world map in augmented reality. Um, they already have quite a dense set of data from, I think, Tokyo, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and a couple of other cities. But they said by the end of this year, they, um, they think they will have like from 100 cities already like the map completely in there. So this all comes together and will be part of um, their augmented reality apps, um, which I think is quite, yeah quite interesting yeah. like, to, to see. I, I really like this concept of um, what they are building up, like this, these um, virtual assets that they place in 
physical locations as they did with uh, Pokemon Go. Mm. And I really want to see this happening, but to be honest, um, I really dislike the smartphone as an AR device. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. So I have at least three points to add. But go on. Uh, no, but numbers rising. I, I, I totally hope that um, we soon pass on um, this, this phase that we are in, that the smartphone is the only really capable AR device that we have in our everyday life. Um, because all of these amazing use cases, they only make sense as soon as we have these AR goggles and we can use them without this barrier of holding the phone in front of our eyes. So I really love where we are going with this, um, with these AR real-life metaverse, digital twins aspects and geolocated uh, real-life assets. I I'm totally in for that. But the smartphone can only be like a bridge technology for that. And that's why I'm so looking forward to that. like yeah, the release of Apple, Apple yeah, glasses. Because at the end of the day, yeah. this is just come putting together features that we know from other platforms, putting it now into that. Like you have the AR experience as a whole. But you're, as you said, you're still running around with your smartphone. Right. And it's just about then messaging <laughs> and uh, um, having all these stuff in one place. Yeah, yeah. It's basically it. Yeah. Your three I, points. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I see actually um, one aspect which lies a little bit beforehand, and this is the cleverness of Niantic actually bringing their users um, to take photos of more or less the whole world and make the work for them. Mm -hmm. So they took all the photos, they do all the documentation, and Niantic actually has the data to create this digital twin of a world, right? So that's, first of all, the cool thing. So it's, it's not just, um, well, y you, have, you have actually created this, this parallel world or the digital twin of our world. And now you can do things with that, right? You can, uh, navigational uh, uh, applications and functionalities, uh, functionalities put on there. You can, of course, do the geospatial thing, which you mentioned. So you recognize um, the world not just like with um, GPS data, but just by the recognition of the picture of the, of the environment and say, okay, this guy is there, and then you put the geo, uh, geo anchors there and put all the um, AR um, and, and uh, virtual objects, especially at that point in the real world. That's amazing. And now we are exactly at that point, and, and we are definitely on the same page there. So I totally agree, AR is just a bridge technology, right? So it's it's not cool, like walking around. I mean, of course, I have to say that AR is a cool technology. I mean, don't get me wrong; it is cool for the moment, but we are heading for something cooler. Um, and it is always a little bit of a hassle actually walking around like this with your smartphone, and then you have the AR in there. It's cool technology, but it's too small, right? It's always like looking through a keyhole. And here we go, when the glasses actually will be on their way, the metaverse glasses, the mixed reality glasses, then we have arrived, right? So of course then you do not have to look through the keyhole, but then you have all these functionalities like the real world twins and the geospatial applications and everything. You have that in the glasses of your virtual headset. And that means you have a 360 3D surrounding of the real world, and you have virtual objects actually um, 
covering this real world and you can interact with that. Wherever you look, there is something. And this is the vision of the metaverse in the future. This is not there yet. Um, but we see that all the big companies, all the big players in there are really going for it, right? So um, we see Meta, we see Google, we see Apple. Um, all of them have announced their mixed reality glasses for this year, for next year, for uh, the, the year after. So there's really something big going on. And um, one of these glasses, at a certain point in time, will open up the mass market. Not this year, not next year. Maybe it takes three years, five years, maybe 10 years. But there will be this one very point in time where there will be a provider offering a kind of mixed reality glasses, and then everybody will jump the train. Everybody says, OK, that's cool. That's the right resolution. That's the right design. It looks nice. I want to have it. And then we open up the metaverse, like big time. And then we are not talking about like, um, millions or billions like uh, return on investment wise, then we are talking about trillions. Because then, as said before, every single aspect of our lives will be, can be transferred from the real world into um, the metaverse, and then it will be done. And then, if you like that or not, is, is another question. But as we all know, if something can be done, it will be done. And I think it's the same situation here with the metaverse. Yeah, and I also think that um, this inter um, or cross-platform um, property of the metaverse is the most powerful thing. Because then, as soon as we enter with other devices like these glasses, um, the, the metaverse is already ready for us, and everything is already there, 3D rendered and cross-platform and everything. And we don't have to start from scratch. Yeah. Aren't you just like that always? Sorry. No. You wanted to say that we have to move on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that our articles like that always give me like a bad feeling because on the one hand, it is really promising. I see that we're making progress and that's, that's just amazing. However, this still gives this, you know, it never gives away the answer for the question, who's the first mover? Because obviously you're right. And obviously when we're talking about now, more our business-related, news media business-related, say even classified, but especially news media-related. The question is, at what point in time will we have to join Niantic and companies like that? Maybe we have to join up with them. Maybe we can create something of our own. It's a question mark, uh, not the place maybe to discuss this, but at one point we will have to, and the question always is when? Right now, I think we all experience this, we should do something, but let's not do it because it's too expensive kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. But at one point in time, we will have to invest that, and then we'll be either really, really happy that we did, you know, nice that we bought Business Insider because, well, everything's digital now, so it wasn't actually too expensive in 2014. But on the <laughs> other hand, yeah, no, but it's a, like, a real case. And then on the other hand, we could also be like, oh, well, you know, we spent a billion and <laughs> it didn't work. So, um, yeah, always single, kind of a mixed feeling here. Okay, single question, single answer now. So, and, and this is currently actually what we're doing, right? So. There is something big going on, this is for sure. And this is a big bet. So if that metaverse vision is coming or not, let's see. Meta is actually the driving force. The whole thing, I would say at the moment, the whole thing is kind of a hype. 
And if, in the end, the whole thing is also kind of a big bet, right? So Meta is really putting lots of efforts in there, money big time. And um, maybe it works out. If it works out, then Metaverse, uh, Meta actually, and Zuckerberg is top of the pop. Then he's uh, uh, the king on the dance floor. But um, if it doesn't work out, then Facebook will be blown up, more or less. So, right? so then we, Facebook will be something different than we have known before. And uh, uh, no, no, the thing is... Do we want to blow up with Facebook? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. The thing is, we do not spend billions in there. We spend like um, a little bit here, a little bit there. The whole thing has to be seen as a strategical investment, right? So if we see something big is coming up, we should be part of the, or we should be part of the game. And this is exactly what we're currently doing. So we have actually founded a little team. <clears throat> which is called media, uh, immersive media, and I'm part of that, <laughs> if I might mention that. And uh, we are already two uh, colleagues now, and we still want to hire two more, so we will be four at the middle of this year. And this is exactly what we are currently doing, immersive media stuff, immersive technology. We are looking forward, actually, to um, research in what's going on with the metaverse. We are actually trying to check out what can we do about it. We are trying to build prototypes. We are trying to understand the whole thing, especially what it means with news media. So that's our business. And we also want to build a little bit around it, prototyping news media application of the future in a mixed reality glass. How might that be looking like? So stuff like that. And the, and the idea behind that is, if this very point in time actually occurs, and somebody says, wow, now the market is open. Let's say Apple has a really cool design and a really cool glass and a field of view of wow, and you really like it, everybody likes it, everybody jumps the train, and then we do not ask ourselves, oh, there's a new thing going on, maybe we should also like jump the train. But at that point, we would not jump the train, we would run behind the train, because the train has like left the station. Yeah, yeah quite a while ago, actually. And um, so what we are currently doing now is being a first mover and trying to understand and research this idea of a future metaverse and, um, as said, being part of the game from the first day on. So that when it comes up, we have the capacity, we have the competency, and we have maybe even first applications which we can put on the market from day number one. Yeah. That's we the have idea. A, we have another what, guest. What's your name? Hi. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for coming to TED. <laughs> really good to be here. Does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to ask, like, why is it exactly that you peg, I guess, Meta and Apple and all these different companies as like being the, I guess, eventual winners in this? Because to me, it seems like they're just the ones that shout the loudest about this. But the most probable winners of this would probably be, I don't know, a company like Nvidia, seeing as they're the closest to the metal for starters, like. For the entire metaverse to progress, you need the GPUs to progress with it too, and not to mention the fact that they already have like business use cases for like manufacturing, like process automation. I'm just trying to understand, like, yeah, why is why do you think it is that they're not really included in these discussions when it comes to the metaverse? I think um, uh, Nvidia is one of the big winners in this in this race, but they are part of uh, providing like the GPUs and the rendering capacity. They are ahead of the game, so we already have like amazing capa capabilities in this sector 
uh, of real-time rendering. And so the market is not waiting for NVIDIA. So everybody is looking on, on Meta and Apple for providing the devices and the platforms because there we are still struggling on rolling out some, some of these consumer devices. So um, we are not talking about NVIDIA, not because they are the losers. I think they are the the biggest winners in this game, everybody is using NVIDIA today, um, but, but they are not in the focus because they are not the bottleneck. Uh, NVIDIA is, is ahead of, of the game. I think also NVIDIA is a big name when you talk about crypto. I mean, we spoke about that last night uh, during the dinner a lot. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> but I think that uh, Tiger is absolutely right. They're just the noisiest ones, and that's why I think you forget NVIDIA a lot when you talk about this compared to other players. But I agree with you that I think NVIDIA is really like the closest company to actually show for that they have the hardware and the software. And on top of that, they have actually a pretty decent vision of what they're going to do with that. Yeah. So I agree with you 100%. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks a lot. Perfect segue to the next article. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was already that. open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Dorsey steps down from the board of Twitter. He's actually one of the co-founders, and I thought that's interesting to bring it today uh, because Twitter is really at this at this gap or at this verge, or you want to call it like, where is NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA my God, where is Twitter going to go? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> so confused now. Where is Twitter going to go? And Jack Dorsey was that guy that gave them guidance. I, he's known for being very strict in the, uh, about regulations and uh, Twitter's position during the Trump's uh, trip administration. He also is uh, known, I, either you know it or not, but he is known to be a very charismatic leader, crazy guy as well. And now, a few weeks ago, he tweeted that he actually believes that the only good answer on the whole debacle of you know, free speech, online, Twitter being kind of a consciousness of the world, but at the same time it has to be accompanied somehow because that's just how it works. Uh, he believes that actually um, Elon Musk is the only good answer on this or the perfect answer on this, the answer he trusts in. And to me that's very interesting because, well, he's a crazy guy, Musk is a crazy guy, yeah, okay, do what you want, but now he's stepping down. First he distanced himself from Twitter because being a CEO and then stepping down from the board of SEO and becoming just part of the supervisory board, but now stepping off entirely. And my question, that's why I brought it today, because I think it's a really nice topic to discuss, is what does that mean? Is he stepping away and handing over the, like, the, the torch yeah. right, to, to Elon Musk? Because they're, well, you could argue that they're alike. So you could be like, well, that's yours now. You are the, the keeper of consciousness of free speech online, I trust you. And then on the other hand, well, he could also step down and say, well, you know, I'm distancing myself because this is all great and everything, you know, but, well, I disagree. Yeah. And to me, personally, I think it's more of the first, which to me also is a very interesting sign because, I mean, we're not, not still through the whole process. Twitter is not finally, you know, you cannot find Twitter under... Elon Musk's name right now. But um, to me, that's very interesting because he's handing over the scepter. Um, and this is what I see of this, but I also read on Twitter, <laughs> ironically, uh, that you could argue otherwise. And yeah, that would, I think it's really interesting to know. Sorry. Um, I don't know if they're friends <laughs> or not, fine. but this is really interesting to me. 
Henrique, what do you think? No, I wanted to have a zip of my water, but Chris... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, one question that I'm not 100% uh, sure of. Uh, Jack Dorsey steps down no matter what, right? Uh, yeah. Didn't he announce that uh, at, at the end? It was something? coming. It, yeah. was, it was not something that suddenly happened. Everybody was shocked. It's more a he steps down and he wanted to do that for quite some time now. Hmm. But now with the, whole, with the whole question of, well, if Twitter actually is going to open up to be even more open to free speech, call it that right now, Uh, well, they actually could need somebody who is known for being the keeper of good or balance or whatever you want to call it, let's say, again, during the administration of Donald Trump. So is now the perfect timing? That's more the question I think mm. we should be asking. Yeah. Yeah, on the other hand, um, I'm really curious to see what will happen if actually Elon Musk steps in as this interim CEO. I think unless he uh, appoints someone else taking over, he will by default become the CEO, right? If I don't know by default, company. but this is the plan right now, right? He's going to be, become interim CEO and then we'll see. Yeah, Probably, yeah. yeah. and I'm, I'm really curious to see if he then like goes through his backlog of crazy ideas that uh, came up uh, that he came up with uh, spontaneously and just move around and then pass it over to the next guy um, or if or if it's just like business as usual and he simply is doing like the careful approach of yeah let's fight some bots and some minor problems that that we might have here yeah because i would i would actually assume that um, because the whole world is watching Elon Musk right now in regards of twitter that he has to do something incredible simply to keep everyone entertained who's watching him, <laughs> like, meddling with the company. Yeah. I mean, I think one aspect that, like, um, supports your um, opinion that it's probably, like, he's handing over, kind of, you know, now you continue um, with my legacy is the fact that would he otherwise give up his little baby as easily as that like when you found a company and like over so many years been such a successful leader and you know putting twitter where it is today and then like someone comes from the side and you're like okay i don't fight that battle if i do not agree or feel like this is the right thing to do that you elon musk now comes in and do it your way like I don't know if I if I if I would be him would like as easily be like okay come on I I don't care anymore it's because you founded this whole thing mm -hmm. this is kind of your baby right I agree I would feel the same way but we cannot forget that Dorsey has not only one baby he is the CEO and founder of Block and with Cash App therefore another very powerful company in a totally different sector but very powerful as well and he also stepped down as CEO so in that you know thinking. You would also might you could you could say, well, why did he not stay CEO or maybe even lead the supervisory board or something like that, right? Yeah. But I agree with you. I would feel the same way. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not the founder of Twitter, so yeah, we'll see. Can only <laughs> guess. Yeah. Yeah, but nevertheless, uh, it, it's good for us because I'm very sure that um, there will be more tech news from Twitter and Elon Musk and uh, the next things that he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In two weeks, we will talk about this in like whatever comes. Yeah. Jack comes Dorsey out, buys like Elon Musk. Yeah, that's <laughs> buy SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. we, we, we have uh, still two minutes left. So I will. For four bring articles. You. <laughs> yeah. so, so let's about talk about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
or just look at it. So that's, <laughs> I think everything's been said about that. Yeah. That's kind of how I imagine the metaverse, to be honest. Exactly like that. Yeah. It oh kind of is. Get kind of of elevator pitch it to us. Come on, 20 seconds, your product, okay, okay, I want to know what it is. This thing is pretty cool, and it's not so far away from, from the idea of the metaverse. So this one was uh, developed at a university in, in some kind of research. And the question is, what are these people researching? And the, the idea is, uh, when we go into like the meta metaverse or virtual reality, it's all about immersion. Yeah, you, you're immersed. You are immersed in this virtual world, usually by uh, acoustics and optics. You see things and you hear things. Um, but now we start also smelling things or have these haptic gloves where you can touch things. And uh, the Tesla suit, for example, not related to Tesla, where you can actually feel heat and, uh, and, and cold. And so we are moving more and more into this field of immersion. And what these uh, scientists at the university are um, uh, developing is breathing control. So they have sensors that uh, measure how much you breathe in, breathe out, and based on that, change like the environment. Yeah? So if, for example, you have like a sniper rifle or something, and you stop breathing, your hands become more, what's it called, like stable. You're not shaking this much. Because you stop breathing, it's like reality. But on the other hand, if you are like a firefighter and you are um, in training, you can now use the simulator to simulate what happens if you are in a, in a fire and your oxygen runs out. So breathing becomes harder. So this mask is kind of virtually suff uh, su suffocating you, right? So it, it sounds very brutal, but it is kind of immersive because it, re it simulates the reality. Or fighter pilots, when they fly with very, very high speed, um, it becomes very hard to breathe. Now you can simulate this in, in, a, <laughs> in a simulator. Yeah? And so the headline says, a horror with a mask that simulates suffocation in virtual reality. It, it sounds really harsh, but this is where we have to go if we want to make VR as realistic and as immersive as possible. And I hope that the Tesla suit does not become so hot that I actually feel my skin burning. Um, but, but yeah, what do you think? It looks heavy. <laughs> Inno I mean, innovation or horror? <laughs> I could also hold I my breath. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I guess. Yes, <laughs> but now, but then I can hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is very specific, right? <laughs> so for specific use cases, as you said, the, pilot, the pilots or the firefighters or so, and and, and those guys use, are used actually to have wearing masks already, anyways. So for them, it might be even realistic. And this is where we see um, a very broad field of usage with virtual reality even nowadays anyways, right? This is the field of training. Uh, for instance, with firefighters or stuff, or, or in the military, you have very often things like these. So that makes sense. But uh, I would say this is nothing, again, nothing for the mass market. Also, <laughs> when you just, when you just, your when you, when you just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we have this, this aspect of VR enhancement, of immersion, of, of uh, tools which enrich the immersion of a virtual experience. We have that quite often, like in, in various tech reviews. And what usually happens is, whenever we have an article about something like that, it's always big and bulky, right? So um, if you... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I just had this one idea that was a flash in my mind for just a second. Having all, all of those immersive tools we have ever <laughs> spoken about, starting with something like that, and um, the, the, the full body uh, yeah. suit, and um, then this, this, this big thing where you could actually walk upon, and then it, it feels oh, like yeah. running in the virtual world, and uh, the floor actually runs with you, and then we had boots, and we had gloves, and I mean, imagine you are like in a suit, 
covering the whole spectrum of tools to enrich the virtual experience, you would look a little bit strange. A little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know but, how you come up with that. You know? But it would be fully immersive. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah you haven't seen me in my, in my home office. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want to, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm very curious to see, like, the first time we see headlights, like, person found dead at home, suffocated by his VR equipment. Or oh something. my god, dude, this is so gonna happen, I yeah, promise you. But yeah. it would be a very immersive death. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. You don't, nice you method to die, actually. <laughs> you still don't want to know what's on his glasses at that time, though. <laughs> I think that's the moment to yeah. stop, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. Okay. okay, but, but maybe the solution, okay, <laughs> if we see things like these, maybe then we are on the wrong, tra uh, wrong track with the whole metaverse. I mean, why? It's why? perfect. I mean, yeah. look at him. Yeah, it's perfect. That's how I. So maybe, 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 we should, maybe, we should, maybe we should get like, or think actually into another direction, like Neuralink, right? Yeah. So in the end, we all just have a nail in our heads with sensors on it, and then you don't have all this equipment just around your senses, but really directly into the brain, and then the assimilation and the immersion is perfect. Yeah, and you mm. simply suffocate without any devices because your lungs stop breathing. Yeah. I, th I, think, <laughs> I think this is a very great way to stop this year. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> everything else is for I the think mind. Every, everything <laughs> is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, But so thank you very much for your contributions. <laughs> thank you very much for your contributions. And if you want to see more of these articles or follow up with whatever we are doing here, feel free to subscribe to the podcast or on YouTube. YouTube where we can also see us so it's like a like a, a video podcast um, yeah and thank you every, everyone also for the TechCon for hosting us here on stage it was really a blast and I'm really happy to come back next year <laughs> <laughs> so we already invite each other yes. Yes. Yeah, we have already a block in our calendar so this would then be That's something the way like we are. episode 52 or something yeah right? probably I really don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay great thanks so, very much thank thanks, you thanks very very if you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode and for that we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode. 